Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is 1-888-844-GROW. That's 1-888-844-4769. Long-distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. Today, we are joined by Tammy Jones. Tammy is the secret specialist behind the successes of many Pinterest marketing campaigns by some of the biggest agencies out there. Married mother of six, Tammy runs the Pin Guild, where she specializes in Pinterest management, everything from setup to monthly maintenance and ads. When major agencies have Pinterest needs and want guaranteed results, Tammy gives them strategies for their clients to implement or does it for their clients as a white-labeled service. She also teaches how to utilize the platform to gain massive traffic and sales via workshops and webinars or a one-on-one basis. Basically, Tammy knows and does all things Pinterest marketing related. So I've asked her to join us here today so we can all understand the potential of this amazing social media channel. So Tammy, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's an honor, a pleasure. We always get so chatty before the calls and after the calls, so I just love your personality. We get along so well. But before we hop into the stuff about Pinterest, I want to get some background. Like, how did you even get into marketing? Like, do you come from a, a family of entrepreneurs and marketers, or like, what got you started? Uh, I do not come from a family of entrepreneurs. What got me started uh, initially was I was in corporate, thought I wanted the corporate life, and just really it wasn't serving me or my life, and always felt like there was more, as most uh-huh. entrepreneurs do. Uh-huh. You know, you don't fit in the mold exactly the way you're supposed to, and you don't you ask questions, too many uh-huh. questions most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gets you in trouble a little bit, because you're like, why, but why? Okay. <laughs> but, but I worked for uh, several companies. I do have a degree in business management. I have done, I have a degree in design as well, so I have several things in my background. Those were what I wanted to do in corporate, so I just kind of translated those out of corporate and into my own life, and Pinterest just happened to be something I've always loved from the time it started, so when I started noticing, hey, people are advertising on here now, you know, so how can I make this work for me, so I set set off to figure it out and found some courses and started learning everything I could possibly learn, and, and that has led me to where we are today. So you had a job in corporate before. What were you doing in corporate, in the corporate world? Um, I was a manager at Walmart. I was a department manager, so I ran the cell phones. From there, I went into uh, Verizon and did uh, sales and marketing with them. Mm-hmm. 
I then moved into their division of doing like inventory and things like that and the merchandising. So setting up everything for their marketing, for sales, things like that, keeping track of inventories. My degree for design is actually in architecture. So I have designed homes and done projects and things like that. That's really cool. So I have a little bit of a varied background. Yeah. Um, But then it all comes together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And how did you tiptoe into then becoming I mean just before the call you're saying like I want to ask how you do and you're like oh I'm good just tired because you're you're growing so fast you're onboarding staff and people and you're developing systems how did you tiptoe from being in the corporate world into now running your own agency there was no tiptoe I don't do anything (laughs) halfway when I decide I'm going to do something I do it and look out that's just how it is got it when we decided I was done in corporate I quit end of story, started researching, and started taking on clients within just a couple months. Wow, okay. And that was a year and a half ago now. So So how did you start getting some of your first clients? Did you just, like, how did, how did you even know how to reach them? How did you know, you know, like, how did you get them, I guess? Where to find them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Initially, uh, I took a course through some, a pretty popular course, actually, that they taught how to do Pinterest uh, BA work. And in that course, um, if you stayed in their membership, they actually could refer people to you. So they had a group and they would go in there and they would post, well, there's somebody looking. Now these are very, very low paying because obviously you're entry level, Uh but it gets you experience. So from there you start going into Facebook groups, go on Upwork, go on Fiverr, different places like that. And you can actually find people looking or Pinterest marketing, but a lot of times they're looking for social media, which Pinterest is not. It's mm-hmm. called social media, but it is not. And right. then you just contact them. So a lot of cold calling, a lot of getting in. Uh, I did a lot of Etsy shops to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I would get on Etsy and look for shops that I thought that I would be a good fit for, and I would basically cold message them. Hey, this is what I do. Are you looking for someone to help you? Got it. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's because yeah. I know some of the people listening to this, they're, they're in that certain scenario. So I think it's really helpful to know that you just have to do the outreach. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I do. You know, are you looking for someone to help you with that? Or would you be interested? I think that's a fantastic, fantastic method. So now let's talk a little bit. So, okay, so now you've got your first clients and then now you've been growing. So what what were some mm-hmm. of the challenges you faced in, in from getting your first clients, like you said, at entry level to getting to where now you're kind of like the secret specialist being snuck in the back door for some of these big agencies to handle their Pinterest stuff. You know, how is that? Oh, a lot of it is, is mindset. A lot of that is, is just mindset and getting past the preconceptions that we have of money and that we're, we're allowed to charge so much money for different things. And, and for some of us, after you've done something for so long, or if you're just naturally good at it, you just don't understand how difficult it can be for somebody else. So mm-hmm. then you, you get stuck in that, well, I can't charge that much for this. I can't, right. be, you know, you get stuck there. So I would say the biggest challenge for me was overcoming those mindset blocks that I had for myself and also getting rid of the clients that weren't serving me I was serving them but they weren't serving me Mm. it was you know can you do this can we do this and you're only getting paid a hundred two hundred dollars 
to manage their accounts. Well, yeah. you're spending hours and hours and hours doing this. Your time's worth more than that. So, yeah. so getting to where you're at a point where you can say, okay, this is no longer serving me, yeah. and letting go of those to allow the bigger opportunities to come in. I love that you mentioned that because I love I don't I don't know who said this, but it's you know when your hands are full, they can't receive. You know, if your hands are full, exactly. You know, it's like nature pours a, va- a vacuum it, it, it doesn't like that it, it tries to fill everything so it's like if you make space something will fill it but if your hands are full you can't you you've got no space to receive anything new it could be scary especially for a lot of people that are new to business because oh, yeah. it's like where's my next paycheck like you know where's my next meal mm-hmm. coming from right but i love that so the mindset so how did you mm-hmm. address that the mindset around that because i know exactly to be i know exactly in my earlier my career maybe more than that I read lots and lots of books followed a lot of things. Mm. Okay. 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 Just reading and, books. Um, like yeah, reading books. Um, Psycho Cybernetics. I love that. That's a great. Catherine Zinkina. It is an awesome book. And uh, Catherine Zinkina followed her for a little bit. Read some of her stuff. Marie Forleo is one of them that I I had listened to quite a bit. Mm. And then also coaches. You know, just mm. taking their advice. Mm-hmm. And and doing those daily things, I have like six books sitting here waiting to be read. Millionaire <laughs> Success Habits is one of them. I mean, <laughs> yep. yeah. I have, and I have a lot on audiobooks too. But but a lot of it is just um, retraining and kicking out those negative thoughts as yep. soon as they come in, and having a good support system. Yeah, I makes a huge cool. difference. Now, my husband is my biggest supporter, and on days when you know, as entrepreneurs, we have ups and downs, sometimes daily and hourly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's always there going, now, you know, you got this. I know you have this. You know, he's just, he really is my biggest cheerleader. So, so having awesome. that type of support is an amazing help. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I think mindset is such an important thing that people don't really appreciate it. I, I'm pretty adamant about trying to make sure that we have a morning routine just to set ourselves up for the day right. So that way, no matter what mm-hmm. comes, because I remember I had a client once and it was, it felt like a really toxic, it was just a, it, high stress. I don't want to say toxic, but it was just high stress, mm-hmm. negative experience. And I found that if I rolled out of bed because the time zone difference and hopped on that call, they, that set the tone for the rest of my day versus me being in control of my day. So when you talk about mindset, I think that's where, I think that's a really important one. And maybe some people are impervious to that. They can get up and deal with stuff mm-hmm. and it doesn't, you know, rolls off their shoulder. That's fine. But knowing yourself, I guess, and then setting yourself up and really making sure that if you have to start your work day at 10 a.m., just so you can have some time to like to prep yourself and to do that and get yourself ready, mm-hmm. then maybe do that. I think that's really important. And I also, at the price thing, think it's important to talk to people about, like when you talk about charging what you're really worth in that, taking the focus off you, instead focusing on the client and what how much they're missing mm-hmm. out or how much it's costing them mm-hmm. to help determine the actual mm-hmm. value of what you're providing. I think that's I think that's really important too. Yeah, one of the best questions is, you know, what would this what would this do for you? What could this potentially Mm-hmm. do for your bottom line mm-hmm. you know yeah. what is what is this worth to you yes you know because if i'm charging x amount of dollars and i can show you to where we can get you 10 times that yep. or more then it would be worth it yep i also like using mm-hmm. you know how much money would you be making this month if we already had this set up 
and then saying, okay, mm-hmm. so you're actually losing. Oh, you'd be making an extra $50,000. Okay, so you just lost $50,000 because you haven't mm-hmm. spent X to get this done. Do you want to lose another 50000 and be a hundred grand in the hole? Or do you want to make start picking exactly. it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a real thing. It's mm-hmm. not a manipulative thing at all because it's a lot of people. No, like, it's true. Yeah, we're dilatory. We procrastinate. We, you know, fear of change, all that sort of stuff. And there's a ton of people that mm-hmm. need improvements in their health, like in other areas other than just marketing in their business and that, you know, that they just oh, don't. Absolutely. They don't, you know, it's on the list, but it's just, a, you know, it's it's important, but it's not urgent, you know, until it becomes urgent. And yeah. You know, and that's where yeah, we were having that conversation earlier about that with someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you said that Pinterest isn't social media. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Pinterest is actually a search engine. So there is no social aspect really to Pinterest. You don't get on there and you don't have to have X amount of followers to, to do anything. As long as you set your account up right and use good SEO and keywords, people will find you whether they know who you are or not. And Pinterest doesn't care if you're a big brand or a small brand. They put anything that is relevant to what that person is searching for at the time in front of them are, say, Lowe's Uh or you're a mom and pop store. Uh They don't care. What they care about is making the user experience as relevant as possible and putting things in front of the person that they're searching for that have to do with it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So that is where your your SEO comes in. That's where you need to make sure that that you are wording your pins properly and also good graphics. Because if you're sitting there and you search for something, but you're scrolling, you need to have a good graphic that someone's going to say, hey, that looks like what I'm looking for, uh-huh. and stop. Mm. Because otherwise they're just going to keep scrolling. But that's not social. That's not social media. That's not we're getting on there to see what our family's doing. We're not getting on there to see right. what Susie down the road is doing or what they had. Or, or to chat We're getting to on there for a reason. We're getting on there to look for something. We're looking for either now, what to about... solve a problem. Oh. Oh, no, I was just saying, they're looking for a way to solve a problem. They're on there to search for something specific. They're not just on there to scroll mindlessly. Right, right, right. So now, can you talk a little bit about the stereotypes of Pinterest? Are there some myths about the stereotypes of Pinterest that maybe were true in the past but aren't true anymore, and what are they? Oh, my goodness, it changes so often. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, It is like every other platform in that aspect. Everything changes. The uh, pin sizes change regularly Mm. as to what Pinterest prefers. So at one time it was 600 by 900, then it went to 735 by 1105, now it's up to 1000 by 1500. That was one of the things that, that changes. Some of the misconceptions, I guess I would, would call it, is that you have to have high impressions and high followings to actually be doing well mm. and be getting clicks to your website. Those are nice metrics, but they're more vanity metrics because I worked on accounts that had 400 to a million impressions a month, but only had like four or five clicks to their actual website. So the people that were coming there or seeing the stuff, they weren't actually interacting with their content or clicking mm-hmm. to their website. Mm-hmm. But then other accounts can have 
50,000 to 100,000, and they're getting hundreds, if not thousands, of clicks to their website. Mm. So that's one of the biggest, biggest misconceptions. Because, as we know on social media, the higher your follower count, the more likes you have, the more interaction you have. That doesn't translate for Pinterest. Mm. So those two would be the big things. That's awesome. Now, what about the demographics of the site? Like, what about, like, is Pinterest only for certain industries? No. It is for, there are only two industries that I have found, and one of them is changing as we speak, that I could not do anything with on Pinterest. That is trucking. Mm. Very, very hard to do anything with trucking. (laughs) And then, um, (laughs) because we also own a trucking company, so I know I can't use it for that. (laughs) I tried. There was no way to, to, at this point, to get that. The other one was I worked with a men's swimwear and clothing company. And at the time, it's very, very hard to translate that into sales Hmm. because there weren't enough men on there. And if the women were saving the items for, say, their boyfriend or their husband or whatever, they were more ideas. They weren't necessarily purchasing them. So those were the two that I have seen that I have had trouble with. Other than that, there's a way and a strategy that can be done for almost any other industry. I will say for local, it is a little harder because people get on there to plan ahead. So they're planning for, you know, vacations and things like that. But it's a little harder to get that foot traffic off of Pinterest. It's more of an online-based thing. Got it, got it. Now let's talk about some of the fundamental strategies. So what are some of the core strategies for how to use Pinterest? Yeah, you talked about that. In the beginning you said like it's it's more of a search engine than it is social media because there's no chatting, there's no real engagement. Mm-hmm. There's not. It's not like that. It's more about keywords and, and quality graphics. But... You also talk about how there's different strategies. So it's not just have mm-hmm. a pretty photo, use a couple hashtags, and you'll have success. Uh, so what are some of the mm-hmm. fundamental strategies for Pinterest? Can you kind of share a couple of those? Oh, absolutely. The biggest one is consistency. You need to be consistent no matter what it is you're doing. The algorithm rewards those who are consistently pinning every single day whether that is a few pins or a hundred and you don't even need to pin a hundred to start with, but consistency. So you can't get on there and at the beginning of the week, pin 70 pins and then not touch the platform the rest of the week. It's going to knock you down in the algorithm. You're not going to show up as much as someone who pins every single day, puts out fresh new content all the time and is actively using the platform. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be on there at scheduler that you can use, but you do need to have posting every single day. Hmm. So that would be the, the top thing that so many people, even other Pinterest managers that I see do, and that's part of why some of their accounts don't grow, is they, they don't listen to the consistency rule. Hmm. And they suffer for it, and their clients suffer for it. The other thing is your strategy is really going to be based on what your client's goal is. Not everybody gets on there to get sales. Sometimes you're building an email list. Sometimes you're just building brand awareness. Sometimes you are doing sales. 
So depending on what the goal is for that particular client, you need to build a strategy around and look at trends. So whatever's trending at the time, if it's within their market and keep up with all of those, there are certain times that are better for certain businesses on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. One of the time that is not a good time for doing any type of advertisement, like if you're going to do a paid ad, is when it's a short term, say you have a giveaway or a sale or something like that. Because people don't necessarily react immediately. Mm. They might save it for later. So then when they go back, that sale is no longer on. So so then you there's just certain times and things that work better. So you're saying if don't do like short term, don't do a seventy two hour flash sale instead do like kind of evergreen things, like evergreen offers. Absolutely. That, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do, how do yeah. you... Or, or a longer-term offer. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, evergreen so, or so like, you know, we're running this for a month, and then you turn it off. But don't do something that you're only running for a couple of days, and Got it's it. just not going to work. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay, okay. Got it. Okay. So some of the fundamentals, it sounds like, are consistency beginning with the end in mind giving adequate time for things so like we said like probably mm-hmm. never less than a week always more than a week sounds like you prefer 30 days so enough time mm-hmm. to really get traction on there what are some of the other you fun- can't really get you can't really get a good idea of how things are performing in less than 30 days mm. because it takes a while for a pen to really start going and get out there and the more people that share it, the more people that see it, the more uh, that it gains traction. It just takes it's longer game than what some of the social media. Got it. Okay. So consistency, beginning with the end of mind. How would you treat someone trying to build an email list for someone trying to get sales differently? To get the sales we're gonna drive to whatever the products are and with the email list building, we're going to have several lead-ins that allow that to happen. So we would maybe have three or four landing pages with different opt-ins that would interest the person depending on what market they're in. So if you have a coach, say, like a health coach, for instance, you know, there are spreadsheets, there are meal trackers, there are little ebooks, there are different things that you can offer for free. Right. They just go to your, your page and sign up for your email list. This then allows you to obviously market to them later on. They've already gotten some of your content, so you're starting to build that trust familiar with you. They've obviously saved it in order to get that email and to get signed up. But for someone who has products per se, we would like it just so we can put more fresh content out there but you're going to more often than not lead directly to a product so you're not going to have that build up of them getting to know you so the strategy behind that is to get as many different pictures of the product maybe some of the benefits of the product maybe some of the ingredient benefits if it's like a, a health care or a beauty product or something along those lines Anything that is going to lead to that, but needs to be fresh content. Mm. So you're going to make 
six to ten pins of every single thing so that you're not constantly just repinning that same thing over and over and over because then Pinterest is going to say, well, they have no new content, so we don't care about them. Right. So now help me understand this, though. Does that does it matter? Like, I remember when I was launching a book years back, I was pushing it, promoting it on Amazon. I got my book to hit number one on Amazon. And one of the tools, not the only tool, but one of the tools that I used were hashtags on Twitter. And at the mm-hmm. time, I actually maxed out my daily tweets for the day because I was just kind of just going after every different hashtag that I thought was relevant for my audience and would get mm-hmm. people to check out my Amazon page. Amazon doesn't give you any stats. So it's just like, you know, sales and date. That's really it. That's all you get. So I didn't know mm-hmm. what was working. I had to light my hair on fire. But for me, mm-hmm. that was an instance where for the my followers – my, their newsfeed might have been just full of junk. I might have lost a lot of follow. I didn't have a ton at the time. But, you know, because I was just kind of, it was very similar each post. The only thing that was changing was the hashtags because I was trying to get it in front of different audiences. But you wouldn't do mm-hmm. that. Like, you typically wouldn't do that for targeting your followers. I guess my question is, when you talk about for sales, you want to use as many different picks of the product, the benefits of the product, or ingredients in the product. Do you, like, I guess I'm wondering... Do you, you have followers on Pinterest too, though, right? So do you, would you like gum up your feed or their feed with all your stuff? Or are you trying to use different, like, is, are you trying to do that same approach? You're going to pump out all these pins on a regular basis, but you're targeting different hashtags or keywords or whatever on Pinterest to try to get, you know, into those feeds, so to speak. Is that... You know what I mean? Like, you're not really worried about your own wall. You're more concerned, like, take Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, I could do 50 posts over a couple of weeks of, of my product, and I could, you know, my Instagram wall would look like garbage, kind of, maybe, because it's just the same image mm-hmm. or whatever, but I'd be trying to mm-hmm. get it in front of different... I keep using hashtags, but I'm just trying to understand that strategy <laughs> of that a little bit. You know, like, is that... Okay. How do you How do you avoid that, having just a big block of, like, blah, like... 50 photos of the same thing, even if it's like different colored backgrounds. Is that what you, you, um, you schedule it out. So you put, there's ways to make it to where there's three to five days or even more in between that same pin going out to the different Mm. boards that it's relevant for. Mm -hmm. Um, You have group boards that you're a part of, you have tailwind tribes that you're a part of. And all of these are different ways to get that same pin out and every other image of it. Um, you absolutely do not want to spam Pinterest because they will lock you down. They do not like the same thing over and over, so you need to put some time in between. Right. And that's part of that is why you use different images. The other part of uh, Pinterest, you do need to share other content that is relevant for mm. anyone who would land on your page. So you don't just do your own content. You actually go in and you find similar content but not competing content to actually share that gives your followers, that gives people who land on your more value. Yep. So I would go in and if it's a health coach, you know, I might follow some recipe bloggers that Mm. fall in the same line of what they teach nutrition wise. I might follow some exercise people uh, who, you know, have stuff like that. So so these are things that my people are going to be interested in, but they're not competing with me. Right. And like same thing with products. alliances, it sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. 
So you're, um, because then, then you're not only pinning the same thing over and over and over, and your feed doesn't look like only your content. <laughs> mm. You know, so if someone does land on your page, they have a variety of things to look at. They have a variety of things to, to choose from. Yep. yep, yep. Which still, again, builds that trust because you're giving them more information about things that they would obviously be interested in. So mm-hmm. for a natural, natural beauty products, you want to find people who are in essential oils. You want to find people who talk about holistic practices. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about people who are into growing their food and versus buying their foods. So you just look at things that are going to be beneficial and help build the following mm-hmm. because then they're also on there doing the exact same thing. They need people them, but will offer, offer value mm-hmm. and get more people to them. It almost sounds like and, a um, and, and of like a chamber of commerce of sorts. Like, oh, exactly. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, like where you, yep. you, you partner people and you align with them and you mm-hmm. refer business back and forth. And maybe there's some events where you're all promoting heavier than usual. And, you know, for other things, it's kind of what it sounds like. Like you strategically align with people. You try, you know, and even with your competitors, mm-hmm. Like, if someone's a direct competitor, then you try to make sure you know how you differentiate. That happens in natural ecosystems. You might have, like, in our park outside, there's lots of birds, and some birds eat plant material, like berries and nuts and stuff from the trees. Other birds eat insects. Some birds eat the fish in the pond. Some birds eat other birds. But they're all birds, but they found, like, a small niche in being a bird. And so it sounds like that. Like, you want to have complementary, but similar, but not so much competing so it might even be like you're a health coach and they're a health coach, but you're a health coach and you deal with diabetes and they're a health coach and they deal with, I don't know, uh, autism or, you know, battling aging yeah. or something like that. And so now you're yeah. similar, but you're not competing. And, and I think it's a fantastic way to look at it. So now do you need to pin more than once a day? Is daily just a good standard to go? Are you, you want to pin eight times a day? Uh, you talked about group boarding, tailwind tribes, having your own board. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, Pinterest has actually had Pinterest running. My social media manager was running this a couple of years ago now. We haven't done anything with it, but it's very foreign to me. So how, can you explain the landscape a little bit? Like I have my own board. I get that part. What's with the group boards mm-hmm. and the Tailwind tribes? Like what, what are these and how do you use them? Okay. Group boards and Tailwind tribes are basically exactly the same thing. It is a collective of business owners, health and beauty, whatever the different niches might be, hmm. and everyone shares everyone else's content. So they're limited to how much you can add per day, but they also have a requirement of you sharing one or two for every one that you pin. So hmm. if I put one of my pins in a board, I have to share somebody else's. So hmm. it's kind of like a a one-for-one one type thing. Some of them require more, some of them don't. Uh, hmm. Tribes are the same way. If you don't follow the rules and you don't pin and you don't share, you get kicked out. Mm. Um, So that kind of keeps things fair. But it also gives you a bigger variety and gets you in front of people that you might not necessarily get in front of because this person is then sharing that with anyone who might see their content as well. Right. Right. So it's just a bigger alliance in a kind of like a chamber. So I would say each board is more like a chamber. We have a a large chamber, and then each board is more like a a local network. So maybe we have the Texas State Chamber, 
but then I also have the Corpus Christi chamber, right. so on a little smaller level. Got it. Just Got to it. put it in those terms. And as far as pinning per day, you want to put out, if you have enough to put out, you would want to put at least, and I mean a minimum, of 10 pins a day. Wow. And since you are having to do a mix of your stuff and others, 10 is pretty easy to hit. I mean, very, very easy to hit. Because if I'm sharing one pin into a group and one pin into a tribe, and I have a couple of those, that right there can take up 10. Well, now I haven't even shared my content. So, so, you know, it, it sounds like a lot. And by utilizing a scheduler, you can do it to where the scheduler automatically knows the best time to pin per day for what people are looking for for your content. So you don't even have to guess what times to do it. It does it for you. Hmm. So if it tells me that 2 o'clock in the morning somebody's going to be looking for something that one of my clients has, it's going to schedule that pin to go out at that. Got it. So you're doing this in batches, it sounds like. You might spend a week doing the research on all this stuff, but then you'll schedule the pins for the month or for a couple of months if you can. I highly recommend not going that far out just because trends change, pins change. A pin that performed for you two months ago may not perform a month from now. Mm -hmm. So you want to really keep on top of your analytics and see what's doing well as pin image sizes change. And Tailwind itself has even said, you know, if you start scheduling out too far in advance, it kind of bogs down the system. Mm. So your own try, your own scheduler will then lag. Mm. Um, So for my own personal preference, I don't like to go more than three weeks ahead. Got it. Okay. Because I like to see, like I said, it takes about a month to understand how well a pin is performing. And then we need to make changes to that. So if I've pinned three or four months out, I'm not really keeping on top of how everything's performing. So my personal preference, others will tell you to pin well in advance. That's their thing. They can do what they feel works best for them. For me personally, what I have seen works best is right about that time frame. Got it. Right. Because in three weeks, now you can kind of take a look at what's new. what's, And you can stay with all the trending new topics, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. seasonality yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and try and put viral content out, you know, just like you do on other stuff. Because for a lot of the, the clients, we share quotes and things like that. Because a lot of it is having to do with entrepreneurs' mindsets and things like that. Or if it's holistic, you know, there's certain quotes and things that are trending at the time. So you want to share those. Hmm. So you want to, you need to be at the forefront of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So now how, like, for some of the people that are listening, they're like, okay, but, you know, is it worth my time, so to speak? How powerful can Pinterest be? Like, I want to, because everyone talks about Facebook and Google these days. And so can you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard, you can't necessarily predict or guarantee, but can you, do you have any examples of like how how worth it is it for people to actually invest in getting Pinterest up and running? I don't know if I the investment. No, well, just in terms I, I of like the, yeah. the, like what they can get. Yeah, like like what could Pinterest really do for my business? You know, like everybody's on Facebook, so is it really worth me mm-hmm. getting in on Pinterest? What would you say to that, and how would you prove it? The first thing I would say is do not put all of your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. If Facebook shuts down tomorrow, 
you've lost that entire audience. And if you're not on any other platform, how are you going to continue? Yep. So yep. that's my first thing. Yep. You need to spread out your marketing across different platforms. The To know if it's going to be worth it is in if you're email building, quite a bit of the time we do a lot of email building when we're first launching a brand and getting their brand awareness out. Within just a few weeks, we can go from no email list to maybe 50 on an email list. Because like I said, we're launching the brand to hundreds and thousands of people in their email list. That's awesome. Within a very, very short amount of time. But it takes a lot of forework. It takes a lot of having the lead-ins that we need. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of strategy to get that. Mm-hmm. Sales-wise, depending on strategy and how quickly they want to grow, whether they want to do it organically or paid, that also varies. Um, if you're doing all organic, it takes longer. If you do some paid ads, just like any other platform, you're obviously going to boost that awareness and you're going to boost those sales or drive more people to your email list much, much faster. Got it. Now, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. How how does it differentiate? How are paid ads, what are the paid ad options on Pinterest right now? Like, I know on Facebook you have kind of news feed, ads show up in your messenger. There's also the sidebar if you're on desktop. You know, Instagram, you've got mm-hmm. stories, and you've also got paid posts that show up in your news feed. What does Pinstagram offer? Pinterest offers you show up in the search and you show up in the browse are the ways that it's shown to people. If you are running a shopping campaign, we actually upload the products catalog into Pinterest. Mm. And then that is shown in that catalog feed where you always see, you know, see more like this and you have all the, the products with the prices underneath them. So you can show up that way. I like. And yeah. So for a product company, that's a really, really good thing that they've added. Uh, The other thing is you can do it by your email list that you already have if you have one, and you can target the people who have already purchased from you, or you can do lookalike audiences just like you can on the others, which it then takes into account, you know, well, these people at this email address act like this when they're in here and when they're online. So these are people that we think are going to like what they have to offer as well. I like that. I like you can that get lot. as specific. Yeah, that's a really, really powerful way. The other thing is the keyword research because you put keywords in for it to know. And you need to look at where your potential client or customer is in their journey, in their purchasing journey, in their journey of trying to solve whatever the problem is, and then put the content out that's going to reach them at that point. So you can, you, you not only look at, the product itself, but you look at, okay, this person, let, let's use my, uh, my beauty company that I work with. They may be looking for products for acne. They may be looking at products for aging. They may be looking at products for dry skin. So you have to look at the, of where a person might be searching on a platform and then target those keywords. So, mm you know, face wash for acne, uh, face wash for dry skin, how to 
get rid of there's a myriad of ways that you can can go about it but that all those keywords then also hit the algorithm and it's like okay so somebody searching for this will like this okay somebody searching for this will also like this so there are so many different ways that you can narrow in on that targeting and have a broad broad audience that that's going to show up to there's also a way to do accelerated What's accelerating? So you can actually, you it actually accelerates the pace at which it shows the pin. Ah, okay. Like it'll spend your so budget it, all, it could, all at once or spread it out over a period of time. Yeah, so if you hit accelerated and you're hitting your daily limit, if you have a daily limit, you know you need to put some more money behind that because yeah. obviously it's really gained some traction. Hmm. Um, so it's a, a way to find out quicker, you know, what's going to work. And they, they allow you to um, set up tracking pixels to confirm conversions and that sort of thing. So that way, if you're doing paid ads, Pinterest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. okay. Wow, that's powerful. Yep. That's powerful. Especially yeah. if you have something You, you have all, all kinds of code that you can install. You can even set up through your Google Analytics a UTM code that you can attach to each pin mm. to track it even further. Because every time a pin is repinned, it changes its code. Mm. So sometimes... It doesn't capture all of that information very well, but if you set up a UTM code, it's a little stronger tracking, so you yep. can actually track that a little better. Like yeah, you can get as, as far down into that as you would want to. Yeah. It can get pretty pretty techy in the analytics of it, and, and there's a lot of tracking that goes into it so that you can see exactly how well it's performing. So we talked about what Pinterest is and what it is not. We talked about how it's important, the relevancy, how wording your pins properly, graphics are important, how being consistent and daily is best. And it sounds like if at least once a day, uh, ideally maybe 10 pins per day. It also it depends on what your goal is. And you also then talked about once you have to know your goal, we talked into kind of the different strategies. There's a different strategy for organic versus paid. And then I like that you mentioned mm -hmm. this used to be from early days of Google search. They used to call it the wonder wheel. Google, whenever you search for a keyword, there was a little wheel that showed up in the bottom left sidebar of all the relevant topics, like a topic wheel. So if I put in, like mm -hmm. you said, like uh, skincare, maybe one is acne, one's aging, and all these are the topics that, you know, almost like if you do uh, hashtag research, this is your key hashtag, mm -hmm. these are the top hashtags around it. So it sounds like like that, like you not only want to create pins for your topic, but you want to get an idea for what, what are the surrounding themes and create content for those. Mm -hmm. And then ideally you should set mm -hmm. up tracking. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and Pinterest, actually searching in Pinterest for the keywords is best because it always has tiles that pop up below it that show you other things that are related to that that people are searching for then mm. so pinterest really just tells you that's almost like predictive search on google you put your keyword into google it and is then, exactly yeah mm -hmm. and then it tells you the other top things that's fantastic so it's it's like telling you they're trying to help you be successful on their platform hey these are the other things people are looking for but then you need to track mm -hmm. because one thing that you'll find anybody that's done this for a while will find is that even though you might have a hundred options you'll probably only make money on like three to five you know like mm -hmm. like that's mm -hmm. it so what are those money keywords and what are those money topics and if you once you hone those in and it sounds Sounds like you can set up pixels for the paid, but not organic. So organic, you need to use the Google Analytics and UTM for tracking. Is that accurate? Uh, you can actually track it 
even if you don't have those UTM codes. It's just uh, better if you do, especially Uh-oh. for paid. Right. He, um, one thing that <laughs> Pinterest is amazing at that no other platform does is it will actually tell you what keywords are performing well. You don't have to guess. It will wow. tell you exactly how many clicks each keyword got. Wow. And exactly where that showed up, whether it showed up in the or whether it showed up in their search. Yeah. Google used to do that, and then at so, some point they made it all a mystery unless you're using Google they quit, AdWords. Yeah. And that's just, you know, they played the money game. So they, then you know when you go to start a new campaign for a very similar product, you already know what keywords are working. And then you can take that into your organic strategy as well mm-hmm, because right. you already know these keywords that are working so why not use them there also? Mm. And someone could do that with the opposite. So if someone has Google or SEO campaigns that are working and they already know their keywords, they could just mm-hmm. do an extension into Pinterest. So this is a way for Pinterest to be an add-on to your existing keyword marketing with Google, whether it's paid with Google AdWords or it's organic with SEO or vice versa. You can test on Pinterest first figure out what's working and then go the other way because it might be you know the seo results in google might be really competitive and it might be eight to twelve months to really make any movement on the seo you know the search engine results page meanwhile in pinterest it's open game and it sounds like every day it's a fresh battle so even if you were dominating the last three months if you're not there today if you're not doing those 10 plus posts per day then you're not you're not showing up right you might have been king of the Mm -hmm. hill or queen of the hill for the last six months but if you don't show up tomorrow, somebody else can take your spot. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah, if you stop type of interaction with the platform, it will ultimately, you know, decrease your your views because you're not being active, so they're not going to show you as much. This is awesome. Just like in, in any other type of feed, you know, if you're not putting something out there, then that's the other thing. Pinterest is forever. So even if you do stop being active on a platform, your pins never go away. They're always there. So mm. someone could still get to you two years from now from mm-hmm. a pin that you peered, pinned two years ago, whereas in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the more people are posting in our feeds, they're gone, right. basically. Right. They're just not going to see them. So oh. Pinterest is like evergreen. Oh, so you don't have to worry then. You don't have to worry. If you're on Pinterest and you stop, you'll still get traffic from Pinterest? You will, just not as, as much and and not as often. Right. Got it, got it. So you still show up, but you're much further down. Like people got to scroll for a while to yep. get to you because your competitors will bury you. Yeah, yeah. you'll be further down in the feed just like you would on, on social media just because you weren't active, but you're still there. Right. And if it's still relevant information to what they're searching for, it's still going to show. It just may not be in the top row. So and, oh, you know, we're, we're a very time-constrained time. And scroll through a lot of stuff. When we search for something, typically we're probably going to pick in the top two rows that we can see. We're not going to continue to scroll forever and ever and ever because we just don't have time for that. Right. So it sounds like every day there's a battle or an auction for eyeballs. Every day there's like people Mm -hmm. on Pinterest using it like a search engine for various stuff. 
these people are probably more mm -hmm. visual than they are like readers, right? Because they want the visual aspect to it. They like the images. And every day there's that battle for them. Every day there's a fresh battle. So depending on the trends, you could even just say that maybe there's a thousand people every day for your business, that a thousand potential prospects are showing up in Pinterest every day. And you get to determine whether you show up or not. And if you pin more, because the way it's structured that not only do you have to pin your stuff, but other people's stuff, you can actually control that flow. You can control. Everyone's trying to pin and get in there and kind of outpin each other. And you, if you are the pinningest, I don't know if that's a real word, but I just made it. <laughs> if you are the pinningest, then you get to control the whole conversation for that day with those potential prospects. There's potential for that, yes. Right, yes. right. I love that because it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. It's, every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up and it knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. Every morning in Africa, mm -hmm. a gazelle wakes up and it knows it must outrun the fastest lion or it will be killed. So the moral of the story is it doesn't matter whether you are a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. And I just feel like that's kind of what Pinterest, like every day, look, your keywords every day, there's going to be eyeballs coming every day. There's potential leads and, and buyers. There's leads and buyers. There's people every mm -hmm. day on Pinterest. And if you're not running, if you're not pinning, if you're not there, your competitors are going to be getting them instead of you. And this is something that you can probably You're, do to test. This is something you could probably do to test keywords quickly. Sounds like in 30 days or so, you could figure out what keywords work and don't work. And then if you haven't started an SEO strategy, you could then build an SEO strategy for Google based off the results in Pinterest. Or the opposite, if you have an SEO strategy, you can now translate that to Pinterest and within 30 days see whether you know how it's performing for you. That sounds incredibly mm -hmm. powerful. It is incredibly powerful, and it is one of the. It's up and coming, but it is one of the most under. Oh, you cut out there. It's one of the most under what? Underutilized. Mm. As far as businesses go, because it's just now really building up. Mm. So if you get in while everything is really ramping up, you get to be on the forefront of that. Mm. As of right now, there's 275 million users on there searching and if you're not on there i guarantee they're not going to find you right 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 Ooh, that burns that burns that burns mm -hmm. 275 million potential customers on there and if you're not on there they won't find you that's like i always say the book you don't the book you don't read can't help you the book you don't own you can't read and the book you don't read can't help you that's what always gets me to read exactly i have like scattered books mm -hmm. all over my house like some people leave a book in the bathroom. I got one by the TV. I got one all over my desk where I cook. Yep. <laughs> They're uh, everywhere. They're everywhere. In the in my car. So when I go to the beach, I have one there. You know, yeah. Yep. Tammy, this has been incredibly informative and really exciting. Is there anything I didn't ask you about Pinterest that I should have asked you? I would say we should have probably covered just about everything. <laughs> The only thing I would say is, you know, get it in your plans. You know, people are so focused on different platforms that they see an immediate result. But you need to have a plan to go across multiple platforms, and you need to be on a platform that is evergreen. You need to be on one that your content gets on there and stays on there so that years from now, still have those potential eyes on your products or on your services 
and getting those people back to you. And the sooner you start, the sooner you're going to reap the benefits from it. Mm. I love that. Tammy, this has been fantastic. You are definitely in the trenches with Pinterest and know what's going on. If someone wants to reach out, if they want to talk to you about working with their agency or helping them with their strategy, what are some of the best ways to get in touch? Through the website or on Instagram and Facebook, and I will give you those links um, so that you can put those in the the show notes. Sure. And what's the web URL? Mm -hmm. The web URL is www.thepinguild.com. www.thepinguild.com. For those of you that are driving or listening to this while you jog or something, definitely go check that out. Tammy, this is fantastic. I love our conversations. I would love to get an update from you in a few months on how, what's new in the wacky world of Pinterest Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. Once again, for people, if you're looking for more, if you get stuck, if you are on Pinterest and are looking for a way to enhance it, Tammy's really is the go-to expert on this. So I would check out the pin, P-I-N, guild, G-U-I-L-D, dot com. Tammy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I always enjoy speaking with you. It has been my pleasure. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.